Today's scripture is Joshua chapter 24, verses 1 through 3a and 14 through 25. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your ancestors, Terah and his sons Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the, Euph the Euphrates and served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac. Now therefore revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did those great signs in our sight. He protected us along all the way that we went, and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land, Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he, he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourselves, that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. He said, Then put away the foreign gods that are among you, and incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and him will we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made status and ordinances for them as Shechem. This is a story of faith and faithful struggle. Thanks be to God. Let us be in a spirit of prayer. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable to you, our strength and our salvation. And may we, like Samuel, cry out and say, Speak, Lord, for we are listening. Amen. Now, Veronica has just read the familiar passage from Joshua where he prophesies that the people should choose whom they will serve. And he says, 
As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So bonus points to you if you notice in the e-weekly that I inadvertently used the prophet Jeremiah's name instead of the prophet Joshua. I've been thinking an awful lot about Jeremiah this week from chapter 29 where he talks about the, the hope that God has for us, the hope in a future of safety and protection. And, and here Joshua is talking about the call to the people, the way in which the people can respond to God's wonderful gifts of bringing us out of slavery of Egypt. And so that's where we are today. We are in Joshua. We are hearing Joshua's farewell speech that's designed to reinvigorate the people's commitment to the Lord who had delivered them from slavery and given them the victory in their battles for the promised land. There are broad resonances here with Moses' farewell speech in Deuteronomy 29 and 30 that underline the continuity of Joshua's authority. As Moses moved on, as Moses um, gave Joshua the leadership of the people as he was dying so that they could enter into the promised land, we recognize that God's leadership is coming through both of these servants, but that Moses had apprenticed Joshua in a way that we should emulate in all that we do so that the con continuity of God's message gets out there, whether it's in our committees as church members or as parents with children teaching the morality, the, the love, the, the, the love of neighbor that we are compelled to as the result of our teachings in the Bible. The, Joshua is reinforcing the importance of the covenant renewal for the ongoing faithfulness of God's people. And that continues even today. That continues even now as we are God's people in the world. And we, he's demonstrating this idea that being overcome by awe and gratitude for what the Lord has done and how we should respond to that. I've talked about this before. There's a chapter in Isaiah that talks about the word of the Lord shall not go out and return void, but shall accomplish the thing wherein God has designed it, right? It's that idea of, of standing on a cliff and hearing the echo when you shout out into the canyon, right? It returns to you, not void, but full of the love with which that you had sent it. So it's like when you say, I love you to someone, and they respond by saying, I love you back. That's what it's like with our offerings and our gifts and our tithes, too. God has blessed us with such abundance that we can't help but respond. I love you, too, by giving a piece of it back. And here, Joshua is compelling the Israelites to respond by serving God by doing God's will in the world. The Israelites have been brought by God from outsider status to the status of beloved and protected community. And now Joshua commits, presses them to commit themselves anew to the Lord, thundering, choose this day whom you will serve. Do you think that's how he said it? And how do you think the people responded? I've always wondered about this. The part where he has called them and said, there's no choice at all. There's no choice at all. There's one true God, and that's the God whom we will choose to serve. We're not going to serve the old foreign gods of Mesopotamia or the shamed gods of the defeated Amorites. 
we are going to serve the Lord. Choose you to serve the Lord, whose mighty hand and outstretched arm have brought countless generations of Israelites safely through times of brutal deprivation and fierce conflict. At the climactic moment of the decision, the hero Joshua offers a stirring and unexpectedly intimate confession that invites every hearer into community with him when he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Isn't that a wonderful characterization of that phrase? I've always wondered about that. I've always wondered, uh, because sometimes people who, who are pious seem to be saying, well, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Almost in a judgmental way that that they're implying that the rest of us aren't serving the Lord in the way that we are called to do. But when we look at it this way instead, with Joshua thundering the, the choice, choose for yourselves these day, and then intimately connecting with the people, demonstrating his own authenticity and integrity, and saying, as for me in my house, we serve the Lord. And sometimes we need to recognize that it takes risk to do that, that it costs sacrifice to do that, that we really have to make an intentional decision to do that, even when we're not looking at the gods of the Amorites or the gods of Mesopotamia, even when we're looking at the gods of today, like money, like wealth, like uh, celebrity, like, like fear, like fear of, of COVID, fear of... Uh, the turnout of the election, fear of sickness, of death. When we choose instead to serve the Lord, we place our faith in God. We place our confidence in God. We know that God is the healer, even when that doesn't seem to be what's happening on the human scene. We know that all will be well when we place our trust in God, when we serve the Lord. We need to recognize those idols in our lives so that we can incline our hearts. I love this part of the, 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 today's scripture, this quote. Incline our hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. Incline our hearts, lean into God. There's this wonderful illustration that my spiritual director often uses when we're talking together. To, and I try to represent that to us when we're getting ready for worship, to just relax into God, to incline our ears, our hearts, ourselves into God by resting into the loving palm of God's hands, as if that's what the recliner, perhaps, that we're sitting in is, is God's loving embrace. Incline your hearts to God. So what does it mean to serve the Lord? We can rely on the Lord. We can trust in the Lord. But what does it mean to serve the Lord? I think that in this time, there are a couple of very specific ways that we can incline our hearts to the Lord and cultivate practices that strengthen that resolve and allegiance to God in the world, to love in the world, not to hate and not to fear. And one of them is as we think about this election that has happened this past week. There are a lot of us, uh, as the, of the recording of this message, that we're not completely sure about what has happened. 
it's it's coming down to the wire we're getting to the point where we will know soon but we're still facing confusion and tension it may be even anger from certain members whose emotions are on edge in the protracted ballot counting process we're in something called the interregnum which is the period between the election and the inauguration and it's a difficult place to live and there are some of us who are just full of tension about that but there is a place in that to serve the Lord to demonstrate clarity and calm and knowing that love wins no matter the results of a human election on a particular continent on a particular planet that love does win right and even during this process we have to recognize that not everyone voted the same way but that every vote is sacred every vote deserves to be counted every vote represents the voice of a child of God who is sacred to their creator and thus every vote is sacred and needs to be counted so we can experience some frustration in this time of election when someone repeats misinformation about fraudulent ballots whether or not their accusations are unfounded what we need to recognize is that their fears are real and when we listen to Joshua who has told us as for him and his house he will serve the Lord has invited us to choose for ourselves to incline our hearts to the Lord that we instead of condemning people who are in the throes of fear can help to calm the waters that we can demonstrate our own calmness our own equanimity of thought our own calm in the midst of this time and invite others who are fearful into that calm as well by not condemning by not by not um, exacerbating that contention that seems to exist we're setting a precedent in this election by what happens in the days and weeks ahead and we need to be mindful that what we do now will have an impact on future elections do unto others as you would have done unto you means we count all votes just as you would want your vote counted and our nation is deeply divided it has been demonstrated in this election more than any other that we are deeply divided because of racism and white supremacy we have a long road ahead of us for dismantling disinformation racism fear hatred inequity and that disinformation is continuing this breaks the commandment not to bear false witness and the church needs to call this out lying and falsities ruin relationships and destroy how we function as a democracy so as for us in our house our house that is Wesley our individual house if we serve the Lord the way to do that is to incline our hearts to God to lean into truth God is truth it says that in the Bible God is love God is life God is truth and when we lean into that truth and demonstrate that truth through the ways we act and feel even when we're non-judgmental about people who haven't told the truth when we help them to understand that and we we encourage them to tell true isms then we will be bringing the kingdom of God we need to prepare ourselves when this election is all settled we need to be ready 
to live into that service of God that Joshua is calling us to, right? We need to listen to Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13, when we hear that story that encourages us to get our oil ready and trim our wicks because the work is at hand. We need to be ready to do the work. This means both having the spiritual, emotional, and physical energy and also not burning out from a wick that's burning too hot and too fast. We need to consider that parable of the ten bridesmaids from the perspective of privilege. White folks need to recognize the privilege of being able to sleep, as in this story, without worry. Black and indigenous persons of color do not have that luxury. It's time, as Reverend Dr. William Barber says, it's time for folks to wake up, for white folks to wake up. What good is it being woke if you don't get out of bed? Joshua's challenge to the Israelites as they enter, entered a new phase of their life and community together is a challenge to us as well. Choose this day whom you will serve, Joshua says in chapter 24, verse 15. Which God are we truly worshiping? The God of wealth and privilege and whiteness? The God of power and control and dominance? Or the God who commands us to care for the orphan, the widow, the foreigner, the planet, and the least of these? We need to be ready to serve the Lord in the way that we're calling. We need to interrogate our own privilege. We need to recalibrate our faith and action for the coming weeks and years. Now, some people are angry about the potential outcome of this election, while some of us are relieved at the apparent results. How do we listen deeply to the fears and hopes who are reacting? In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus gives us the instruction. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift and go first be reconciled to your brother and sister and then come and offer your gift. So we need to serve the Lord. We need to be ready to work. And we need to think about what reconciliation looks like given our divided society. Reconciliation is a process that takes sustained work. It cannot happen without confession, forgiveness, commitment, and a system of accountability to ensure that things improve. Only then can seeds of trust be planted and blossom. It is a time for deep introspection for all of us about who God is calling us to be, about whether we will serve the Lord about the choice that we make. Choose you this day who you will serve. We trust in God's presence in the midst of this difficult time. God's spirit creates hope through faith. And that idea of creating hope through faith is different than just optimism. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs in The Dignity of Difference says, optimism is that things will get better. But hope is the faith that together we can make things better. It takes courage to have hope. And when we say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, we are saying that together we can make things better. And that is where that hope and the faith comes in. 
So as we think about other ways to cultivate practices that strengthen that resolve and that allegiance to God, the second one I want to talk about briefly here is that you're going to hear Pat Neal read a story. She's going to read you this story called The Big Orange Splot today. And she's going to tell you a little bit about our stewardship message. You'll notice that there's a house in this book, right? As for me and my house, as for our house that is Wesley, she is going to talk a little bit about what it means to be in a particular house, right? So I want you to think about this passage from Joshua as Pat reads through this story. The choices that we make as a church, the choices that we make as individuals to support our church. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord, right? So as we conclude our sermon here today, let us be in a spirit of prayer together. Holy One, help us to continuously build our house, inviting others into a loving, supporting family that serves the one true God, who is love itself, that we will dare to be different, that we will commit ourselves to work that is before us with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, our witness, not just those words, but with our very selves, say together that as for us and our house, we will serve the Lord. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Amen.